Assalamu alaikum, hello and welcome back to the Staying Woke podcast episode four. Four. Damn, moving quick. Long awaited. Yes. yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we had a little break between episode three and this episode. A few things happened. Yeah. But don't worry, man. We're back. We're back with some amazing content for you, inshallah. <laughs> How you been, Ashraf? Alhamdulillah, not bad. Surviving, getting through the weeks. Yeah. How you been? Alhamdulillah, I've been all right. Been busy, 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 but always busy, innit? Life is busy. As a, as a, as Drake says, if I ain't dead, I'm dedicated. So oh? we're always grinding. If I ain't dead, <laughs> what? If if I ain't dead, yeah, I'm dedicated. It's what's, like a play so on the words. Wisdom? Oh, dead, I'm dead, dead, dead. Then oh. I'm dedicated because we're dedicated to the vision. I'm not even sure about that word play. I think Conscious Rams does a better job. Uh, what? Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about, inshallah, the concept of accountability. Yes. I didn't ask because I didn't know. I just asked to get the, the topic out <laughs> of there. Just cool, in case they're thinking, wait, so do they even know what they're talking about? Do they plan this? Mm, yeah, <laughs> just about. <laughs> just about enough to actually talk. Anyway, accountability as a concept, yeah? Accountability as a concept. I think that, um, I think that's an important concept to discuss because... I reckon from like I think as we'll discuss hopefully in 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 this podcast, we've we we live in a society that's has very little accountability, sure, and um, in many different ways, yeah. you know, in many different ways, in many different forms of accountability as well, and I think that it's important then to discuss and understand what is accountability, and how do we properly implement it in our lives mm. and in society. Okay, cool. So then. What is accountability? So, I per- okay, accountability for me personally is the idea or the self consciousness that whatever you do mm. as a person, it fits um, just you and yourself, or it's you and other people. Whatever it is you do with your life, um, in any scenario, the outcome and the result will. I think uh, let, me, let me let me rephrase what you rephrase what you're it for saying. me. Say it, say it for I me. I think what you're trying to say is that whatever you do, yeah, yeah, whoever whether it's with with just yourself, yeah, in the personal circumstance or with other people, it has a consequence and it has an effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So <laughs> that what he said. Yeah. So that's what accountability is to me. Now, as a Muslim, obviously we don't just believe in accountability. In this life, mm. we believe in accountability in the next life. By the way, we can get to that in 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 in, mm. a, in, a, in a little while while we discuss. But um, what do you feel like the understanding of accountability is in our society, at least? Mm. Do you think there is an understanding, or is there a a lack of understanding, or is there even an idea of accountability in this society? I think living in a Western society, which is based upon secular values, uh, which which essentially means to disassociate religion or God yeah. from lawmaking and from the way that you uh, make your own laws, even like for yeah, yourself, whether, yeah. whether I eat avocados today or eat chicken. Yeah. Like even in that situation, you know, we're, we're distancing. We're trying to say in this society anyway. We're trying to say, oh, we should be deciding for ourselves. Mm. Okay, and we should be making that decision for ourselves, and we should just judge it. We should judge it essentially. If you look at it, it's basically judged upon whether. Does this thing benefit me? Does mm. this thing harm me? Yeah. And how do I measure that? 
mm. right? And this is the problem that a lot of people have in every day-to-day life because they're going through these conundrums of, oh, is it really beneficial? Is it not beneficial? It seems beneficial to me. I'll do it. And then five years down the line, they realise, oh, hang on a sec, it had a really bad effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is a real issue in terms of the way that we judge what is good and what is bad and what is right and what is wrong and the decisions that we should make and so that's why accountability for me is really important concept to be talking about because it manifests in every single action and every single thought and every decision we're making in everyday life yeah i agree sorry you got we, we anything i agree and i guess we always mention the the the, the ayah i think so we always mention that <laughs> allah constantly says or he says it in that area but i'm, I'm pretty sure that the concept of accountability is passed in many ayat in the quran but allah says that you could not choose for yourself what you would do because you don't know what's right and wrong essentially mm. when he says that uh, it's a long ayah and it may be the case that you hate something and it's, and it's good for you it may be the case that you love something and it's bad for you exactly. and Allah knows and you know not so like you said this idea from its uh, it's an ayah core, that is, that is um, publicised quite a lot like in terms of a lot of people know this ayah because it's made into loads of different quotes and whatever yeah. it on a personal sense, I reckon it gives a lot of people a lot of personal hope in terms of like when they're going through certain personal struggles and everything, it makes you feel yeah. like, okay, look, I need to trust my spot I was planning and everything. But in this situation, it has a it has a um, a different kind of connotation, which is more of the fact that look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is good and what, what is, is bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. And so therefore it's not just about trusting It's not about it's benefit not, it's and just, harm yeah. according to what you see as exactly. benefit and harm. Go on. Because yeah, Oh, I'm going to keep stopping each other, sorry. Because <laughs> essentially, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the true benefit mm-hmm. and He knows the true harm. So, for a subjective mind to look at something and say, Oh, um, I think that's beneficial, beneficial, so I'm going to do it. Allah destroys that idea and makes mm. it seem quite, you know, uh, harmful to the person itself because He says that it may be bad for you. And that's why it's important mm. for us uh, yeah, to develop beautiful, that. The beautiful way that people look at it is to say, Oh, it's quite publicised as well as that we see the pixel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees the picture. Obviously, yeah. you know that images are made from Thousands millions of and millions of little pixels, yeah. little individual dots of colour. And uh, we're just seeing that dot of colour. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has the whole picture because he has with him the Lawh al-Mahfud, which is essentially the book which in which he's written everything that will happen. Tablet. Everything that has happened, the, the tablet, exactly. And so... Um, Therefore, yeah, so in that, we do need to be trusting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of mm. that he knows what is good and bad, but not just like saying, yes, I trust him, I'm just going to leave it up to him and I'm just going to let, let everything happen. We've got to also understand that that then manifests into the way that we think. And I think that thinking in terms of halal and haram is very important. Mm. And what I mean by this is, see, I think that... Um, a lot of people throw around halal and haram a lot in terms of like just saying this is haram, this is halal, this is haram, yeah. this is halal. And I don't think that for many of, the, especially the thick issues in terms of the, the, the everyday kind of like decisions that we're making, mm-hmm. a lot of them are not exactly clear cut as this is halal, this is haram, right? So that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet in hadith and everything, they teach us if you look at the hadith and look at the way the Prophet used to respond to um, when people used to do something wrong and he would approach them, he wouldn't necessarily just go to them and say this is completely wrong. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time it would be more of 
questioning them and getting them to think about why is it that that thing is wrong or trying to explain to them through some other means as to why this might be wrong why yeah. this might be might, might be right you know and so therefore it's important then that we have that knowledge of um you know and we have that basic knowledge of, of islam and of the quran and of hadith so that when we come to these decisions in everyday life we're thinking in terms of halal and haram which means, which means we're thinking in terms of what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like and what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislike? And I guess And I, what has he decreed which is right and what has he decreed which is wrong? Mm. And then in that I can make a decision as to whether this thing that I want to do, mm. whether it is correct for me, whether it is bad for me. And I guess that that's a fantastic alternative to yeah. just having a a very shallow benefit and harm um, way of life. Because exactly. essentially Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's uh, in our scenarios in, in Islam, yeah. he's the one who's uh, driving our life. He's the one who's telling us how to live it, and he's the best of mm. of planners. But anyway, that's 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 in terms of um, actions and in terms of understanding what's right and wrong. Mm. Now, of course, with actions come accountability. Mm -hmm. So, is there any? Let's talk about knife crime. Actually, knife mm -hmm. crime is the biggest um, example where accountability is a, is, a, is a missing concept there is yeah. no um grounding for accountability because essentially you've got thousands or hundreds at least yeah hundreds of stabbings that happen every single year and the issue seems that people think the issues with the knife or the discussions about the knife mm. it's always a it's even like in america with the gun crimes they're always just talking about no yeah we need, oh, to, the we need guns. to tighten gun laws we need to do this, when trump sorry this. when trump said oh we need to um um, armed teachers yeah. you know and he was serious about that yeah. and you see the same kind of trend of, of thought that people are discussing the object and not the idea the object could be used for good and bad you know a knife could be used to I don't know cook you cook so you know <laughs> that knife could be useful yeah. they are useful they you know for many things. exactly a gun could be used for a good thing you know for hunting or whatever um, for just you know as, as a hobby to, 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 to shoot whatever but the, it's the ideas that people carry. That's mm -hmm. what needs to be discussed. And in this case, it's accountability. Why does an individual, why does a, a 16, 17-year-old, or how, however old the person is, feel like he can or she can go and stab someone mm. and, and feel that they can get away with it without feeling any, 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 you know, any, uh, mm. uh, any, what's the word? Any, any shame, not shame, any... Guilt. Guilt. Yes, perfect word. They don't. They don't feel any guilt. Yeah. They don't feel any sense of accountability. They don't feel like they need to answer to anyone. You know why I is think, that the I case? Think in, I think when it comes to knife crime specifically, because I think this, this doesn't just is not specific, obviously, to knife crime or gun crime or these kind example, of violent yeah. crimes. I think these, these, this is, um, this can be placed into many different areas of many different crimes, whether it's. Uh, robbery or even like just hitting someone or you know even the way that you treat people in just society generally yeah, yeah. you know it, it, it comes into all of that right but I think when it comes to specifically let's talk about extreme example like knife crime which we've seen a massive epidemic of recently especially in like London area there's been so many stabbings every single day we're hearing about a different stabbing yeah. you know, people who are quite close to us as well like in terms of I know <laughs> exactly. loads of people I know so many people who I've heard about okay there's been a stabbing in this area running there to my house and then I hear someone oh yeah that was my friend's brother or that was my that was my cousin or, you know subhanAllah it's like it's a it's so close to home right so what we got we got to talk about this. We got to talk about stuff that is that is real, and and I think that so then the accountability comes in two 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 parts with that. It comes with the person themselves, how they felt like 
I can stab this person, mm. okay? So, personally, there is no consequences in terms of they're not thinking about an afterlife. They're not thinking about, you know, the accountability of their Lord, first thing. But secondly, they're not also not thinking about the accountability of, of, of the government upon them because, essentially, there isn't much accountability, you know? Exactly. Jails are actually glorified in... in Exactly. You respect, first, you get respect for it in gang culture, but also they they for a lot of people. We see you understand some of the deep rooted causes of why someone goes towards killing someone, right? Mm. And these people generally they come from very broken homes in terms of like you know they they their father is not is non existent in their lives. So they, they haven't, in, so they haven't had a proper family structure. Um, you know, then they're bullied at school or they, they don't fit into these crowds, they don't fit into that crowd, then they get pushed into this crowd. Generally they come from very poor areas yeah. where they they where there seems as though there's no way out, out. of the poverty. Yeah, exactly. And so the crime or the gang gangs they offer them a a route to Making gain some money. Quick buck, or, yeah. Exactly. And to be have have an acceptance and to maybe come out of that poverty, right? Mm. And so it's really damaging. It's a cycle, right? But you've got all these factors and then you, they live in areas which aren't safe. You know, they aren't properly regulated. They aren't properly, you know, like the police, they don't, the police are just stopping every black man everywhere, you know. So so the, the, the people in poor areas don't exactly feel like the police, the, the poli they can trust the police, mm -hmm. you know, who are meant to be trusted and protected in the community and protecting the communities. Um, because the police are just stereotyping everyone and just, yeah. you know, so it's like you've got all these different problems and then on top of that, a main thing which stops someone, even if you had all those problems, something which might stop someone from doing an action, mm. even if they had all these broken background, yeah, is the fact that, well, there's a consequence. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're right in terms of we can't look at any issue Mm. Or your problem in isolation. There's, there's always different factors that lead up to the issue becoming an issue. And in this case, like you said, I think there is a, there is a huge discussion that, that needs to be had in terms of why is it that most of these uh, uh, people, that people that commit knife crimes or any type of crimes come from broken homes or come from a very poor background, you know. Where is the role of the uh, mm. establishment? Where is the role of the government to, you know... Um, Pump money into these areas. Why does Chelsea? What's the area called? Chelsea yeah. and kill, kill. What's it called? Kensington. Kensington. Chelsea, yeah. They get a stupid amount yeah, of funding, and they're there. rich. And it's ridiculous in terms of like the. You can see the amount of funding in terms of like just the the upkeep of the of the public parks and, exactly. and the pathways and everything. There is you see everything is so pristine and nice to make sure that those people who live in that area, who Yes, they're rich, but they also own a lot of businesses and they're also pumping a lot of money into the into economy. Their, exactly. So they're directly benefiting the government. That's a main mm. link that we have yeah. to make. Why is it that those areas are getting loads of funding and make sure their, their streets are nice and clean and everything, when in like other areas, yeah. like where we live, yeah. we've got so much... We see so much homelessness. Yeah, look we see so much Sorry. poverty. What's that called? Um... Grenfell Tower, subhanAllah, is the is the prime example of an area that's been neglected. Mm. Why is it that you know and it's still neglected it, even after yeah. so much talk about it and so much expose of look at the direct links that you have. I think we talked about it on another episode. We were talking about the way that um, uh, the 
the the Celotex the cut is is owned by the CEO of the Celotex which is which is the company which made the cladding on the building yeah, yeah, they're yeah. best friends with the home secretary or something like that so it's like you know, you can see, and then the the landlords of all the different houses of that area, they're all the MPs of that area. So obviously, you know, they have a vested interest in there's a lot keeping of their name things, out. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, at the end of the day, there's no accountability even for them, right? Yeah. Even for those MPs and everyone, yeah. there should be accountability for the people ruling the country and making the laws as well. But there's no accountability for them. And so therefore, they feel like, yes, I can get away with this. I can get away with cheaply making some block of flats so that... Even if it does go up in flames like Grenfell did and everyone dies, this doesn't matter because my name's not anywhere. And my business my is money. still running. Yeah. I'm still getting my money. I'm still getting support from the government. You know, like all of this stuff. And then and then look at Theresa May and the government, like the, the bodies of the government. Yeah, the, you might have some poor areas which are which are speaking out against it, but essentially there's not much being said in terms of there's nothing being done against them. Like there's, she still just basically got away with, you know... Yeah, we're doing whatever she done. Yeah, and I guess again, this this neglect. is where the, yeah, with neglect. This, this is where the the concept of accountability really kicks in, yeah. and we see there is a lack of it even in different uh, in different uh, on different levels. Now we're talking about accountability on on, on for, for 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 our society in terms of knife crime as an example, yeah. but. Like we said, now we just pushed it out to the government, and we see that there is no accountability for them. And Subhanallah, we know in Islam, accountability is not only in the in the akhirah. Accountability is not only only in the afterlife. We know, for example, on a government level, the, the the Islamic ruler, he is not able to do what he feels like, and he is accountable to mm. a, a a certain body, which is named uh, Muhammad al-Madalim, the the, the 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 court of justice, who actually can overpower him, who, who had the power to overthrow him mm. if he steps out of line and he. Um, commits, I don't know, you know if he, or if he is, uh, um, you know, if he's if he is doing something which is shara'i, which is shara'i reason to, to to remove him from power. The 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 Muhammad Madalim, the court of injustice in Islam, has the power to remove the Islamic uh, leader from power, mm-hmm. which we don't see. Bro, sorry, one more example. Abu Khattab, when he was when he was the leader of, of the Muslims, was it not him that was when he was when he used to have meetings or him or Bakr, yeah? These have meetings and uh, the, the, during the night, and the candles will be on. And when they will stop talking about Umar's affairs, 100%. they would turn the candle off, and, and he, they would say to him, "Ya bil mu'minin, why are you turning the candle off?" He would say, "Because this is the Umar's resources, and this is not for me to use." Where is that accountability gone on a government level? Where t- today it doesn't exist, and we see that you know it causes many more, uh, much more uh, damage than just to the person, because you know the person is accountable to Allah subhanahu wa taala, and essentially he might ruin his afterlife. But in that, within that same uh, uh, discussion, that person's ruined other people's lives. I think what's really important to point out there is the way that we look at Amir al-Mu'mineen like Abu Bakr and Omar and Ali and Uthman, and obviously they were, alhamdulillah, the, the, you know, the four Khulafa who, sorry, Khulafa who, 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 who had said that these yeah. people are on the correct method, yeah? So we look at them and we look at the way they ruled and even with... Things that seem so menial, such as the drop of a wax of candle, candlelight, right? They were so careful because, for two reasons, right? First thing is that they had the accountability in themselves, understood the accountability from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They understood that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will question every single thing I do, every decision I make, every single, you know, every single drop of wax that drops from that candle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will question that and say, that drop of wax was from the ummah for was from the ummah's money okay so why were you talking about your personal, personal matters, affairs yeah. 
when, when, when you were using the Ummah's money, okay? Even when it comes to little things like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that they had the backing of the accountability of the state that they ran as well. The fact that the people could account them. Yep. So I want this really beautiful story that I read and, and it made me tear up. And, I'd, and I was thinking about why specifically did it make me tear up? And I think it's because I, I just gained such a beautiful appreciation for the way that Omar Khattab as a leader was so sincere in, in, in his leadership and how he understood accountability. Mm. Um, there was, during his rule, obviously he expanded the Islamic state quite far in, in, uh, in, the, in the lands. Yeah. And so in Egypt, so he was in Medina, and in Egypt, um, Amr ibn al-As was the wali, the, the, the leader of Egypt. And I think his son, they had uh, a slave, right? And they did some racing or something like that, some horse racing or whatever. The slave basically beat him in the race. And after the race, Amr al-As's son went to the slave and said, how dare you beat me? You know, I am the son of Amr al-As, the, the leader of this land. How dare you beat me? And he hit him. Now this slave, imagine obviously like the, the status of a slave in society is generally lowered anyway, right? Like in terms of the way that we think of, yeah. of them. We, we think of, of that kind of a... It's got a lot of connotations Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. And he was, I think he was also black. So in terms of just in, in the way that society, even back in the day, the way that they just viewed um, people of darker colour, they already viewed them in a lower position. So mm. imagine he had everything going against him, yeah? He was a slave, he was black, you know, he was uh, the slave of the, the, the master's slave as well, so it's like he had no rights because he was from, you know, from the noble family mm. slave, right? He took a camel and he rode all the way to Medina to account... Omar al-Khattab, the Amir al-Mu'min of the entire state, which was massive at this time, yeah? He went to him and said, look, I have been mistreated. I have been hit, okay, unjustly. Omar al-Khattab, he holed him up in a, in, a, in, a, in a little house. He said, you stay here for about well, however long it takes to ride a camel all the way from Egypt to, to, to yeah. like about a month or so, I've heard, yeah? So he, he gave him a house and everything. He paid for his, everything, his expenses and he called... Amr asked and his son, and he said, you need to come to Medina to be accounted. So they came and he, and he, he asked them what happened. And they said, yeah, this is what happened. Uh, the son hit, hit the slave. And he said he gave a whip to the slave and he said, you can lash um, his son and Amr Ras. Wow. And Amr Ras oh. said, but why me? Well, sorry, I think the slave said to Amr Ras, why, why Amr Ras? He, he didn't hit me. And Amr Khattab said, it was in his name that you were hit. So therefore he gets oh, the whip no. as well. Now the thing is, is that look, it's confusing, right? As to what, why, why is he even, why is he making him getting hit? But it's, it's such accountability in terms of he, he needs to set the example straight, right? That even the fact that his name was used as a noble, noble person in that society, the fact that his name was used to do this action, they will, be, it mm. will also be accounted for. You know, under oh, yeah. the state, and I think what's so beautiful and why I teared up on that story. And when Omar Khattab said this one thing, and he said, when the slave asked him, he said, um, "Sorry, after after all this, everything happened." He said to Omar asked and his son, he said to him, um, "How can you enslave a man that was born free?" All right. I just thought it's such a beautiful statement, Subhanallah. That you know, actually, the act of freeing a slave is such a beautiful thing in Islam yeah. in terms of it's such a rewarding thing. So it, you know, Islam actually came to 
get rid of slavery in terms of you know, especially the way that it was manifesting in that yeah, society yeah. and it gave rights to the slaves yeah it was it was i don't think i think the word slave has a lot of connotations to it, it does, that it refers does. to western slavery um slavery is it, yeah I, I you know to be honest personally i don't i don't use the word slave yeah, when talking. It's difficult to the word the abd in, in 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 arabic does not mean a slave according to mm. you know american history mm. it, it's bro it's a social class it's a very very different um Understanding and understanding reality and that reality, was exactly. yeah it, it was a social class anyway it's a discussion to be had another time yeah. but it's totally different for anyone listening Abd in Islam what? is not a slave uh, uh, to to uh, in uh, sorry in, in in the same way that yeah. America Definitely. you know had slaves it's a very very it's a complete different uh, uh, universe mm-hmm. of understanding definitely but even so Islam came to give rights to them. And to and to make sure that freeing them is one of the most rewarding things. Yeah. Um, and anyway, the, what was so beautiful to me is 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 the fact that Omar Khattab, the Amir, yeah, this is the head of the state. Like, who in this who in this country can just go up to Theresa May and just say, "I am accounting you." You go up near the houses of houses of Parliament. You go up near ten down the street. You get shot because <laughs> they got home guns there. The man in it. <laughs> like, you can't even go near yeah. ten down the street, right? Well, this is the this is the beauty of Islam is that that slave he could he came all the way from Egypt to Medina to count him personally and say what are you doing for me, you know I am a citizen under your state, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala allows me to account you, yeah. you know, and the fact that Al Khattab as a Muslim as someone sincere in Islam has that personal accountability as well, he knows that he's going to be questioned, and I think that's. That's what's so beautiful about accountability. It is. is. That it brings to account. You have to account yourself, and you allow everyone else to account you as well. I guess accountability today has been kind of washed down to this personal level. Mm. But like, like, like we just discussed, mm. and like Yusuf said, you know, um, said, I told the story of uh, Amr bin As and Amr Khattab and the son of Amr bin As. Accountability in Islam it it it, it, it spreads to different. Uh, levels of society to the government to the individual to the community mm. you know and, and, and it's a very very holistic understanding of, of, of accountability and I guess someone might ask oh but you know it's it's still the person stabbing the person is choosing to stab but like we said at the yeah, start crimes, exactly yeah. um, things don't happen in a vacuum you, you can't look at any event or any action in a vacuum nice because different factors lead up to certain actions being done mm. and the, the, these stories actually kind of make you appreciate how Islam deals with the issue from top to bottom you know if the government is 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 uh, is, is, is built on the uh, on the concept of accountability then the people automatically are built upon the concept of accountability uh, and once one adopts Islam in his heart as well then they have the understanding of the accountability of the self as well exactly and you have you have it from both directions now like can you, can you imagine a society that's built upon what which was the case under Amal Khattab for example like you said a society that's built upon the idea of one ayah. Did he not know that Allah is watching? Mm. That that one ayah, bro, can just turn a whole society around. Because the issue that we find with, uh, uh, I'm 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 now I'm talking about a lot, lot about knife crime. Yeah, yeah. But it's because it's it's very it's very, it's very topical. Yeah, and, and it's very it's sensitive, and it's, it's we see it. Yeah. Do you know I mean we see it in London? You know. The, the issue that people have with, with knife crime on a personal level, yeah? Like I said, I want to make it clear that 
knife crime in itself, the people commit knife, uh, knife crimes, you can't just look at them in isolation and blame them and the knife. Because the knife is not haram to use itself, the action is haram. Anyway, people don't have the idea, even Muslims, because this is a bonus, a lot of Muslims are involved in knife crime as well. Mm-hmm, a lot of Muslims definitely. are involved in knife crime. Unfortunately, but yeah. Living in a society, they kind of forget that accountability goes past this life. Because but I've heard it first person. People say, as long as they get away, in their terms, in all terms, as long as they get away from Fed, then mm-hmm. I'm cool. As long as they get no English, as long as, don't, <laughs> as, long yeah. as, as long as they get away from police, then I'm fine. How dangerous is that? In Dagenham, there was a study done here. Yeah, this this made me feel disgusting. There was a study done where a number of men, a number of men, said if they could get away with rape from the police, they would happily do it. Rape. Rape, yeah. And this is the thing. The, the the issue of knife crime, yes, it is the most uh, uh, prominent one right now. It's the most uh, common one in terms of uh, uh, where it highlights the lack of accountability. But there are many issues where accountability as a concept is near uh, extinct. It doesn't exist. And as we see, look, we're going to see this over and over again as we, as we live on. You're going to see more, you know, uh, devastating results because this idea lacks. Because mm-hmm. people don't have the understanding that life... It's not just about, you know, this life. It, it goes past it. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment will bring your entire life in front of you. And this is exactly. what the Day of Judgment is about. It's the Day of Judgment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? hey, that's, that's accountability. Yes. It's just, we just, I say yeah, it. Yeah, well, accountability. Oh, yeah. Where your good deeds and your baddies will be weighed, you know. It's like... This life is all about accountability, and 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 you know it, actually when you were saying before about um, how uh, about the ayah. Um, Do you not uh, know? Look, look, look at uh, uh, sorry. Which one? Uh, oh, the one um, good and bad, or did he know? Where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is watching. Oh, did he not know that Allah is watching? Exactly. Well, obviously we know the famous hadith in, um, about um, where the. Jibreel alayhi salam, he comes to the Prophet sallallahu and the Sahaba see him and he comes dressed in all white and yeah. and he comes as, basically he came as in very pristine clothes, yeah? Um, and the thing is, is that he, he he was not known in the area so everyone knew that he must have been a traveller. Mm. But they were like, how did this man travel across the whole desert and not get a single dust on his clothes? He's got such white, white Fresh clothes. Fresh Exactly. So he came to the Prophet sallallahu and was, he asked... He asked three questions, and I don't want—I won't go through all of them. But he asked about what is Islam, what is in, no, wait, what is Islam, what is something, what is the other one? What is Iman? What is Islam? What is Iman? And then what is Ihsan? And Ihsan is obviously the highest level of a believer can be. So you can be a Muslim. Muslim means that you submit to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and essentially means you've taken the jihada. The next level above that is a Mu'min, is when you have attained Iman. And the level above that, which is the highest level, is being a muhsin. When you perfection, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have a direct meaning, but yeah. essentially, people. English is quite limited in terms of translated exactly Arabic words. Yeah. But what did he say is perfection? What did he say is ihsan? It's when you worship Allah as though you see Him. SubhanAllah. And when you understand the gravity of that, it is accountability. It is accountability because it's all about. You worship Allah as though you see him. It's like, for example, when when I know that my mom doesn't like me doing something, yeah? Like, for example, I don't know. <laughs> I can't give you an example. I know my mom doesn't like me doing something. <laughs> I know. That's how you know. When she's, when she's there, 
she, I know I'm not gonna do yeah, that, that You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because she's watching me, and I know she's watching me. In the same way, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is always watching us, and though we can't see Him, but we worship Him as though we see Him, mm. as though it is. Look, I can see Him watching me. That is so beautiful, and also it shows how important accountability in in everything is, because Islam is not just a spiritual. Yeah. It's not a religion. I hate. I always say this. I, I hate using I, the term I, I, religion. I, yeah, I'm not because, a fan of that word either. Because in in English, religion is Means, misused a very so personal much. thing. Exactly, and also anyone can get religion. You know, if I decide today I want to worship this pillow, I have created my own religion. What's that Star Wars thing you were telling me about? Yeah, other we're day? talking about Jedi or something like that. Je- I thought you mentioned another. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna lie. Do repetitions here, man. <laughs> no, because I remember it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, um. Like if I decide I want to worship this pillow today, I have created a religion. And anyone essentially is free to do that, right? But Islam is not a religion. Islam has, is a decree of how you should think and how you should live your life. And essentially it's an ideology which we adopt. It's something that we, we say, you know what, I'm going uh, to adopt the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides every single aspect of every way that I live my life. You mm. know, the way that I go to the toilet, the way that I walk, the way that I legislate, the way that I treat people, the way that I eat, the way that, in everything, you know, it's not just about spiritual, it's not just about the way you worship, mm. it's about the way that you interact with society. And so therefore, if if being, if attaining Ihsan is the highest level that a Muslim can get to, then that means that the highest level that a Muslim can get to is to realise his, his vulnerability in, in, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that he's accountable. Mm. I, think, I think a very beautiful ayah which illustrates accountability again, yeah, is the ayah that we were talking about before the podcast actually. Mm. Uh, Allah says, um, well, in transition, when, when people see, they, they, they think that, so in Arabic, when Allah says, it means he's actually swearing by it. So yeah, even, even when he says, wala, like even it says what uh, people think. Wala. wala essentially yeah. could be seen as two words, wa and la, right? And no, and no. I don't swear by the 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 soul. Lawa means that that blames itself and accounts itself. But no, in Arabic, that's actually a form of affirming uh, uh, that Allah is making that oath. So when when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala swears by something, we know it's 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 a, it's a great matter. It's a great matter. Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that His oath is haq. He says exactly. wa wa haq, right? Exactly. So that means that His his promise is truth. And so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears upon something, then it means that when he says he swears upon things in the Quran all the time, you know, we we know that it is truth firstly, but also that it holds great weight. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Exactly. And in this case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by what? This this soul, this nafs mm. which holds this concept that we're talking about. Mm. And lawama which which blames itself, mm. which you know, which which accounts itself. Mm. Why? Because it understands that Everything it does, everything it says, everything it looks at, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask it about. You know, I think that's quite beautiful because I think on a personal level, we, I think this plays into um, thinking about intentions um, in, and what our intentions are in terms of when we do stuff quite well because on a personal level when we're thinking, we do actions every day and we make decisions every day of things that we're doing and Essentially, we should be doing everything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. Yeah? If we are truly Muslim, which means to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely, right? To, in everything that you do, you do for Him, mm. right? That means that we need to be constantly checking our intentions. And I think that, that ayah 
beautifully describes that because it's the soul that blames itself, the soul that realizes, look, I am influenced by my desires, mm. by the whispers of shaitan, and I need to plays into arrogance as well because I need to get rid of that arrogance firstly, humble myself in front of my Lord, and then check my intentions and account myself. And that's where accountability comes in, in, in the self as well and, and in everyday interactions because, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, we, we should talk about like the societal things. We should also talk about us as individuals and how we live in our life. And it brings into a question, um, brings to mind another ayah. Um, I don't know the Arabic of the ayah, but I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically says that um, if and when, essentially, when, when you, you um, come across and you have these interactions which... which Annoy you, yeah? yeah. It's basically when you come across people who annoy you, respond to them with salam. Oh. Right? This is I salam, this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember full ayah as well, exactly. but I know the end of it, yeah. But Allah Taala is is showing us that look, when in every day in in your life, there are always going to be people who annoy you and who frustrate you and who and who you disagree with maybe and who you know and we're always going to have these interactions which could lead to a lot of anger and arrogance in terms of. You know, the way that you interact with people. Mm. And I think what, what's important is that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has responded with salam. So account yourself. Account yourself. Account yourself in, in the way that you want to respond to that person. Are you responding to them with salam for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's sake, firstly? Or are you responding to them with anger to satisfy your own desire just mm. to get at them? You know? I think, I think a beautiful quote that settles within me is account yourself. For Allah counts you. It's a very simple 100%. quote, but 100%. it goes it goes a long way. It goes a long way because uh, we do end up sometimes as individuals, you know, trying to get things or do things mm. to satisfy satisfy ourselves, even though we know it's wrong. You know, like you said, mm. in a situation where someone may you know be triggered or angry, you know, he might try he might try to you know get justice for himself, even though it may be wrong. Yeah, and it's so many different situations. It's not just like, you know, some people might be thinking it's just like people getting angry and punching someone. Or like, it's even like in so many personal situations, like, subhanAllah, I see it in myself all the time. You know, when I'm I'm looking at the, the way angry. I respond to... He's angry, he's always angry, he's always angry. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, in the way that I'm responding to people, even yeah. the way that I treat like my siblings, for example, sometimes they might, they're a bit younger than me. Sometimes they annoy me, you know. And yeah, they're annoyed. They're, they're annoying at times. But it is better for me to be calm, to be to still show them love, to not let myself get frustrated, and to change my tone with them. You know, at the end of the day, it's not worth it. And I need to be accounting myself constantly, so that I need to become. I think what we need to do is to like a practical thing that you can do is to get into the habit of accounting yourself constantly so that when you get into these situations you you you're doing it straight mm. away you're accounting yourself you're stopping yourself before you speak and i think it reminds me of abu bakr who he used to put stones in his mouth under his under his tongue so that when he would wanted to say something the stones would fall out of his mouth or he'd feel the stones there and it would oh. force him to think before he spoke and force him to think, what am I saying? What are the intentions to, I, I have to say this? Should, should I say it or should I just stay silent? Is it better for me to stay silent? Or is there a better way that I can say this? 
wow. you know like that's a very physical way of him like you that's I mean, embodying the idea exactly so kind of like he really embodies it but I mean, we're not saying everyone put flipping stones in your mouth like that's unrealistic right but once we can get into a habit of co- accounting ourselves constantly then i think um i think that will be really beneficial i think for me especially especially be beneficial in just everyday life just understanding what i'm doing definitely and um and it goes with salam yeah and doing it for last one's sake it goes back to to, to to what we said accountability is a is, is a solution for the individual on a personal level for the society as a, on a societal level mm-hmm. to deal with many different uh, issues and on the government level as we discussed you know it goes from making you a person who is cautious and considerate for what you say to other people as, as an individual it makes the society cautious and considerate in terms of what it does to each other yeah you know and on a government level it makes the governments appreciate that the responsibility of governing is accountable in front mm. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it is accountability from all angles to satisfy all like um any kind of cause that might cause some kind of problem and i think just sorry i think this again just highlights the importance of being accountable because mm. imagine that someone doesn't feel like he's accountable to anyone how detrimental is that you know and that's what you find that sometimes is the, the issue people don't feel like they're, they're kind of with anyone yeah individually so they feel like they can do anything yeah individually on a, on a government level yeah. you know sebrinicha so, so happened recently you know if they felt accountable to anyone the the what's that huh what is that so you don't oh i said <laughs> i looked at you don't know about it. sorry so sebrinicha so was a uh, maria 19 1992 nine, nine, very very early 90s i believe yeah was when the serbs under general Karmi's name, you can search it up. Um, they literally just walked in and massacred the Bosnian Muslims um, in their thousands, mm. you know, without any accountability. They walked in and the UN done nothing about it. So accountability was absent, if you like. And that's, again, this, this is one of the results of, 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 of the lack of accountability. Mm. If, they, if the general himself, which is apparently in prison right now, was accountable, or felt that he was going to be accountable, he wouldn't have done such a thing. And we know in Islam, that the, the punishment of taking someone's life is your life taken away, quite frankly, you know. And, and we, don't, we don't shy away from that because Islam deals with issues. Mm. I think an important thing to note there as well is that obviously we see so many atrocities being laid against so many different people today by rulers, by tyrants, okay. And they don't feel the accountability because... They aren't accounted. There is no, there is no body to account them, right? So therefore, really, I think we as individuals, and especially, I think with, we were discussing last episode in terms with the Sudan situation, um, the power of social media and the power of, you know, uh, having that voice and that platform and mm. actually being able to reach so many people. Mm. We need to be accounting these people. You know, Definitely. we need to, we need to be the ones who are exposing them for their atrocities exposing them for the for for you know for the for the problems that they're yeah. causing and uh, and understanding and, and and exposing the the ideas which cause those problems in in those people as well Especially and accounting them, that yeah. you know we need to we need to be doing that because no one else is accounting them there's no body to account them so who's going to account them then isn't it exactly. you know as we said like i think we said every week because it is so such a powerful hadith if you see an oppression change it with your hand if you can't change it with your tongue if you can't 
hate it in your heart and that is the lowest of iman definitely absolutely definitely you know so use your tongues people yeah and use your fingers that's the action <laughs> fingers to type yeah he was being discovered do you have last week's one uh, don't even oh, don't even okay. <laughs> anyway um, yeah Jazakallah khairan I think that was a great in-depth discussion about um Accountability is a concept and the way it manifests in so many different ways and so many different aspects of life, whether yeah. it's personally, individually, on a, on a societal level, on a government level, mm. or, you know, on on a level where we're thinking about the afterlife. Yeah. Um, and I think that we all need to be working on accounting ourselves and accounting, um, you know, and, and, and having, other, having a body of yeah who accounts yeah. each other. Mm. Because that's important. Yeah. To to deal with the problems of our society. Yeah. for listening to this episode of the Staying Walk podcast. Inshallah, we will be back soon with another episode, episode five. Inshallah. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a five star rating. If you're listening on iTunes, Castbox. You can check us out everywhere. Make sure to share this podcast about, help spread awareness. Of what we're doing. Yep. And uh, if you've got any ideas, any feedback, any topics ideas, you topics you want us to discuss, uh, anything, drop us an email, stayingwalkpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a DM on Instagram at stayingwalkpodcast. Any last remarks? Any last remarks? Keep, keep an eye out for episode five. It's going to be a good one. Inshallah. Wait, is this episode five? This is episode four. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Keep an eye out episode five. It's so going to be a very good one, inshallah. Yeah. Cool. I promise. <laughs> if you can't see, I'm, I'm tapping my forehead. No problem. Yeah, I think we should just end it there before I make it even more awkward. Jazakallah <laughs> khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. See you later. Sorry. <laughs> Why did you do that at the end? <laughs>